Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now, imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Brand Sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Brand Sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order with code BUTTERY. So head to bollandbranch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Resilient Science, the show where we spend 10 to 15 minutes each week trying to better understand a topic around hockey, rehab, and the science behind it. My name is Dr. Ben Cernick. I'm a doctor of chiropractic. I'm a goal coach. I'm a strength coach, and I'm a graduate student researching hockey things. And as always, I'm here with Jamie Phillips. Hello, I'm Jamie Phillips, former professional goalie, physical therapy student, master's of science, strength coach, the usual. What's going on? This What's going on? I'm grinding today, Ben. Yeah, we're, we're both... Uh... We're both doing our best, and that's what matters. Um, Jamie, this week we're going to talk about some kind of, like, kind of a, this is a bit of a weird one, but a bit of, like, an update around, like, what is modern goaltending? Uh, because I think there is a little bit of a, a misunderstanding of, of where the game has gotten to for people that are maybe not directly involved in goaltending, and sometimes even for people who are directly involved in goaltending, uh, where we have, like, a, a misunderstanding of, why the current trends that are happening are existing uh, and if they're good and if they're bad. So I figured, Jamie, we'd talk about like two or three major things, major pillars that kind of make up modern goaltending uh, and where people might see issues and why it's not an issue or why that critique is valid. So what's the first one you got for me? Well, the first is based off a few YouTube comments I got on one of my last breakdown videos where um, people, I guess, I, I don't know how old people are, probably older, old hats, as they say. Uh, we're complaining that goalies today are taught to butterfly on every shot, and that is ru- hurting their ability to make saves. And I think that is a very weird take. Um, if you look at m- t- modern being like today's style of goaltending, it's been around for, what, at least 15 to 20 years, where you go, for the most part, you are going down on every shot regardless on the height. And we can get into, I mean, we guess that's the whole point. We, that's why we're here. Um, if you look at shots and just the people, people don't understand the difference between them going out on the ice and playing in their beer league hockey and them going against the best players in the world and the difference in speed. And there is an, a part, I, I don't want to say guessing, but if you have a predetermined set of like, save selections or patterns like going down it's all about giving yourself the best chance to make the save while you react to it and i i it's I'm not really sure where i'm going on this one to be honest because it's a very confusing thing let me pick and, you up let me pick yeah, you up I here need, because I need you bail me out here <laughs> we're first one we're, we're swimming in deep water no i think there is actually a lot of truth to the quote unquote uh guessing side of things so i give this analogy to parents a lot when they're asking about this i say um Modern goaltending is a lot more like a professional baseball player at the plate than it is um, someone trying to perfectly react to everything. There is a large component where you are like, okay, based on the available information of this player, the play, where it's coming from, like all the information you can pick up, it is most likely that X 
is probably going to happen. And because we're dealing with a lot of like most likelies, you you just you just sort of butterfly because like even if that puck goes high, it's okay. Well, now you've eliminated the potential risk of someone squeaking under you, and you can just still watch the puck and make that save. And this is important because it's tricky because if you are a, an eleven year old and you are four foot nine. If you butterfly too early, the puck will go over you. That's like not an objective fact. But at a certain point, if you that same person grows and gets to being 15, 16, 17, playing higher level hockey, that going down early, quote unquote, is is much less of an issue. But like, so it's 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 a little bit confusing where it's like, yes, for younger, younger athletes, we kind of want them to not always go down, but there becomes a weird age and skill level and speed of the game where it's like, eh, you probably kind of have to more than not. And the, yeah. Like you're saying, I, I finally collected my thoughts here. So <laughs> if you look at the speed of the game, the speed of the shot, as you get higher levels, higher levels, higher levels, it becomes basically impossible for you to either hold your feet or go down depending on the shot. So if like what I was saying, if you go down, you can still make saves above the waist using your hands through good tracking. But if you are trying your best to hold your feet, like, or either you have a black and white, either you stay on your feet or you go down, it's very, very difficult to go down if something goes wrong or like you're trying to guess. So if you're, if you automatically go down, but you're still containing active hands, it gives you the best opportunity. That's the thing too, is like, you can be an old style goalie or like hate butterflies or, or whatever your, your, your bias is. If you look at whatever the best in the world are doing collectively, it is the most efficient way to do it. Because if someone came around with a better way, people would adopt that. And, or you would see NHL goalies, or like one NHL goalie doing something different that's so much better. And you'd be like, okay, this is better. And they would just be like a done, like hard fact, done. This is better. Yeah, I guess, and, and to wrap this the speed round up on this one, I, I, I'm I going to, Jamie, you haven't heard me say this before, but this is what I say to a lot of the goalies I work with a lot. And this is true for all ages. Like I do encourage the younger ones to try and stay up if it's a slower shot and they're able to do it. Like that's a given Yeah, um, for the ones. But what I also, I all, always kind of say is going down early on a shot isn't an issue. Not tracking the puck is. Right, like yeah, it's like, I mean, I would argue that's better to not do it on early. Yeah, of co- okay, of course, that is the caveat <laughs> all the time. But if you look at what's worse, not tracking it is definitely worse than going down early. Exactly. So that's my point, right? Like when someone goes down early and gets beat on a shot, what are they? What What is more at fault? Was it the going down early, or is it more likely mm-hmm. to be influenced by the fact that their eyes are still looking straight forward as the puck goes by their shoulder? That's the thing. And then we can carry this conversation. I was asked this on the radio, a big radio guy now, uh, <laughs> on the radio, like two weeks ago, it was a, it was a, um, a fan, the Michigan tech hockey fan wrote in and he said, do you like, where do you think goaltending is going to go from here? And my honest opinion is this is the pinnacle of goaltending until either the game, the rules of the game have changed the net, has changed or the equipment drastically changes until then we're not going to see any more major revelations um you'll see people try to like implement certain things like you said like the rvh is relatively new although it's like 10 years new um the panda made the panda made a brief two-week uh 
two week appearance until I'm I'm going to take credit as the guy who just said this is dumb and everyone kind of was like yeah that, that actually makes sense this is dumb I'm taking full on credit for that because no one else was doing videos like that at the time but like if you look there's nothing I find it very difficult to f- figure out where to innovate from mm-hmm. I just don't like I think I, I honestly I spent a lot of time thinking like can we make certain things better and I don't know I don't think yeah. so yeah I'm with you um, and I think that leads into my next one. And this is something that I'm curious on your opinion. I know like I actually have, I have stronger opinions on this one, but one of the things about modern goaltending that has changed dramatically, and this is relevant for younger kids or coaches, but uh, goalies don't challenge outside of their crease as much anymore, Jimmy. Why don't they do that? That's bad. They're deep in their net. It's the worst thing that's ever happened. That's why they're getting oh. scored on. It's because they're too deep in their net, Jamie talk about it. oh my gosh um i i i don't you know what i would i speak to a lot of goalies who don't know depth angle squareness um and so i think a lot of it is understand it's just like watching nhl guys and being like hey they're not super aggressive so maybe i don't need to and i don't actually know how much of a conscious effort is i'm not a big the only time i ever want anyone outside of the blue is if they're like approaching a breakaway and that's the only time. Other than that, I would much, much, much rather you focus on getting set and square and on angle. And then if you have time, take a little depth. But if you look at the game, there's like almost always a backdoor guy. And it, yes, the depth, the, the coming out to cut down an angle is a very old way of thinking. And I actually have a video. I don't have time today. Um, it, might be a tu- it might be a Tuesday video to edit on depth where I had a goalie start in his goal line and I had the puck angle and I hadn't come out like a foot each time. And you'll see that there's really not that much difference amount in the amount of net you take up from about mid crease to top of the crease and definitely from top of the crease to a foot out. There's almost nothing. But the amount of time it takes to get there is significant, even for the fastest skaters. And so, you know, when you get small goalies being like, oh, I need to challenge the shooter. I'm like, well, are you... By the time the shooter shoots, you're still moving. And are you getting beat back door a lot? Well, yeah. Are you getting caught flat footed a lot? Yeah. Are you fall on your butt a lot? Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe it's not about challenging the shooter. Maybe it's like about getting square and getting on angle and getting set and stop creeping forward. Yeah. No, I mean, like something that's probably interesting. And I, so again, I, I agree with all of that. It's one of the reasons I brought it up because again, we kind just, of come just to lay up, just say like, yeah, so here we go. <laughs> well, it's just like, but it's again, it's the amount of time where I feel being like, yeah, gotta be like, even again, like in the rinks that have like not only the standard crease, but then that extra blue line that comes around the crease. And we are goalies outside of that. And I'm like, we can't have you here. Like, you can't learn to, you can't learn to play here as an 11 or 12 year old. Um, we need to move you back right away. But what's interesting, and I think you could show this mathematically, but when you're like, when depth increases, um, so like when you get farther and farther out of your net, there is like a diminishing returns component to it. Like for like the first foot to two feet off the goal line, you make significant difference in how much net you're covering. But for each successive like iteration of like how much you're challenging out, the amount of net you cover reduces like significantly relative Mm -hmm. to the previous time you came out. And that's like, I talk about math and goaltending a lot, which is because I'm a huge nerd. Um, but it makes, when you look at it that way, it's like, okay, so if like, if we're going to take each step out, counting it as a single step, like your first step off the goal line matters, 
your second step off the goal line matters a little bit less. And then each one matters a lot less after that. Mm-hmm. And in fact, opens up, like you said, a whole host of other issues of where are you in your net? Can you react to another play? And most of the time, the answer is no, you can't. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree. And I always bring this up to a lot of the goalies, to all the goalies I teach. I use Blake, my starter attack as an example. Well, Blake is um, a smaller size goalie. Just in case any NHL scouts listening, I'm not going to tell you his height. He's an undersized goalie, and um, he never leaves his crease. But why is he one of the best goalies in college hockey and has been for three years in a row? Because he's always set and he's always square. He's always either ahead or on time with the puck, and he very rarely has to make sliding desperation saves unless you know, unless obviously the play you know gets ahead of him. But he's never super aggressive, and he just makes everything look so easy because he controls his game and he manages his depth. And like one till goalies start to do that, you're going to get beat on a lot more shots. Yeah. Agreed. Like absolutely, 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 absolutely agreed. Um, Okay. Last one, Jamie, last topic that I think is becoming again, we've talked about this at different times in different situations, but Basically, every so we see, we have seen like a, a relatively high amount over the last few years. Well, maybe we can call it an increase. I'm not sure we can say that's actually been an increase, but we see lots of goals coming in from bad angles. Mm-hmm. Um, what we would consider quote a bad angle being like something where the player is probably off to the side of the wall and probably a little bit lower uh, relative to the goal line. Um, is every goal from a not opportune angle a bad goal? No. Uh, no, sometimes there are very good shots from bad angles. So, obviously, so no, I shouldn't say obviously, this might be new to some people. As the net, as the puck moves sideways, sideways, closer to the goal line, the net gets smaller. So, the amount of net to score gets smaller. So, that's why we consider it a bad angle because there is less net. So, closer to the goal line, the more of the advantage the goalie has. Now, this is where everyone on the internet goes crazy with RVHs and pandas and VHs and standing up is no one really knows what the definitive best um, save selection is. You know, like someone says, what's the best way to cover your five holes? It's butterfly. There's no, there's no question. It's a butterfly. Um, I don't think, no. So not everyone's a bad angle. I do think that a lot, because there's no definitive answer Everyone is prone to doing different things. And I think I see this a lot in younger goalies is they get very caught up in save to selection and choosing what save to make. And that slight delay often causes a lot of goals because they're thinking about what should I do? Um, And so for me, I like to practice all different options. And then I also like to say, like, like, so what I'll do is I'm, if I'm doing like a low angle attack where they have to transition from overlap into the post, I'll say, hey, like, I want you to do about like five overlap to RVH, overlap to VH, overlap to whatever. And then I say, okay, just do whatever you want. And I let them pick what's comfortable for them. And then once they know what's comfortable, now I know how to tweak it. And we try to stay consistent with that. So that they do they don't have that time delay or that mental delay in making a save that causes those quote unquote bad goals. Yeah, I think like knowing, like being able to identify what 
you're going to be able to do before you need to do it against a huge part of goaltending. And that sounds obvious, but like it's, it becomes a lot tricky, especially when like quick passes move to the sidewall or like a shot that hits a player and goes to a sidewall to another player crashing in. Like I think those situations that happen really quickly out of a non-standard sequence um, can lead to those issues. And I think a lot of the time we see with these like bad angle goals, the other side of it is um, there's actually a lot more, to each play than you think like there's often a, another threat the goalie is acutely aware of um mm-hmm. they're like trying to account for a lot and then sometimes it's just like yeah you read that pretty well there is a one inch diameter that we are willing to give up with the advantages that your save selection there gives us um and if the player hits it the player hits it because like what we don't realize is how often that shot doesn't happen Right, we only think about when it does happen. But how often does that shot not get taken because the goalie's in that good spot? They've read that play well. They're in a good RBH VH overlap, whatever we're going to call it. How many times does that mm-hmm. shot not get taken, or how many times does that shot get taken? Hits the goal in the shoulder, hits the side of the net, misses the net. Like that happens all the time, regularly. Yeah. But we we like kind of just choose to forget that. Like I think again, another fun project would be if you really wanted to look at, and you could do this because there's player data like shot tracking data publicly available in the nhl but look at every shot from like below the bottom of the circle which we'd call like a really hyper sharp angle (laughs) Mm -hmm. like and you could see every shot attempt which is valid but that wouldn't even that wouldn't even cover all the times the player had a shot and was like "Mm, not going to take it goalies there so i think we get a little bit hyper focused on what we consider these bad angle goals where in reality, they're just a byproduct of really efficient goaltending. Like that's yeah. the goal we are willing to give up in exchange for all the benefit you get from from reading the play the way they did. Agreed? Yeah. No, I definitely, I agree 100%. And again, like you can't stop every puck. Now you want to limit the amount of stoppable or should have saves, but it's going to happen. Um, but I do think you're right. There is there is a give and take if you want to give yourself a chance to get that backdoor save. Uh, if you're if you're comfortable just not having a chance on that backdoor save, you probably won't get scored on the bad angle shot at all, or at, very rarely. So it's it is a tough give and take, and it just doesn't look good on the optics, and that's why it gets so much flack and heat. Yeah, it's like I, I compare this again to. Like if you again, my one of my favorite movies is Moneyball, but there's like the the very nicely written line by Michael Lewis in the book, and, and then it got in the movie where it's like people have a visual, like emotional, visceral reaction to something they think looks wrong. So like the example in in Moneyball is like a player who doesn't look like they're a good athlete, like that's bad. It's like the same thing we look at like an, an RVH goal that goes like bar down, short side, and we hate that. We're like, oh, that can't go in. When in reality, again, like that is a byproduct of the fact that your goalie's got a 920 save percentage or, you know, there are 15 goals saved above the expected. Yeah. Um, like the the bad goalies in the league aren't giving up these goals and they're still the worst goalies in leagues, right? Like it's, it's yeah. goals are going to go in. And like you said, if you're comfortable never being able to make a backdoor read out of a, out of a low angle attack, sure, overlap everything. And then you're yeah, still going to get scored on. You're, you'll still I get know. scored on. Like, so you might get scored in a little bit less, but a goal is still going to go in short side, guarantee it. Like, it's hockey. I know. It, it's, and it's, that's, I think it's an important thing to talk about with kids early on in their careers that just try, try your best. Like, yeah. try your best. If you get scored on, 
like le learn learn from it especially when you're very very young age because you know despite what your parents will say it really doesn't matter until you start to get older um 14 and even 15, 16 and even then it's not as important it's still like scouts and teams know like they're looking at development they're looking at kids of development they're like is this guy going to be a prospect or girl going to be a prospect that's what they're looking for and okay before we wrap up i just want to say i i, I read all the comments that i get on youtube and instagram and i got a good one from uh Jonas Enroth, and this is a straight tire pump to myself, and I'm going <laughs> to take advantage of it. But, like, it is cool to have, like, actual NHL guys, like, comment and stuff. And Jonas Enroth said, I wish I had you as my coach throughout my career. You were always spot on. And I was like, that had the, that had the <laughs> biggest smile on my face. So, like, I think it just goes to show that, you know, when I was younger, like, you know, you look up to all these guys, and you know, whenever, if you're a young kid or a junior goalie you're watching and you're playing at a high level, you're going to get to a play to a high level. Being a good guy or good girl goes a long way. And just like, I'm 30 years old, man. And someone commented on my Instagram photo and I'm just beaming. I'm showing all my <laughs> friends. Like I'm so fired up, but you know, having that same, if you're playing in junior hockey in the local town, you know, there are kids looking up to you. And just throwing them a like on social media or shaking their hand or saying, hey, how's it going? Or giving a tap on the pads. That goes a really long way. And like my last story here is like my I I think one of my favorite goals in the NHL is Jonas Corpusello. Why? Because one time we were playing Cleveland and we beat him on the way out. I was stretching. He, you know, it comes by. He's on his conditioning stint because he's a full time NHL guy. He gives me, a, you know, gives me the, the knuckles and goes, hey, that was a great game. I enjoyed it. And I, I just still remember that. So like being a good guy goes a long way. And I just wanted to add that for any like younger goalies listening. Whenever there are kids hanging around the rink, you know, little rink rats or whatever, they look up to you, you know, give them a high five, give them the knucks, say like, hey, man, keep working hard. And I, like those kids will honestly never forget that. So that's what I wanted to add. Jonas Enroth, original modern small goalie. Great skater. Yeah. Unreal I skater. Uh, also, side note, Never left his blue paint. You tell me. Uh, as always, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, if you're, whether you're listening on Spotify, watching on YouTube, or any of our other platforms that we're on, uh, never hurts to give us a rating if you can. Give us a like. Uh, give us toss a subscription over all the good things that help us. Um, hopefully, get this content out to other people so we can kind of keep pushing some modern approaches uh, to coaching, to learning, to hockey, to rehab, all that fun stuff that we try to cover. Jamie, closing thoughts. See everybody next week. See ya.